Welcome once again to the Florida Fun Podcast, your destination for Florida Fun, the greatest podcast ever recorded in the state of Florida. I appreciate you being there, and I always enjoy being on the microphone, talking to you nice folks, and sharing our love of the state of Florida. Today's going to be a little bit of a different show, but bear with me. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, Today is Wednesday, April 6, 2022. This is episode 31. We're going to talk about things we never, ever want to do ever again in the state of Florida, and Maybe throw some things in that we want to do again. We'll, we'll see how we feel about all that. So stay with us. We're going to have some uh, enjoyable conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, before we go too far, I want to throw in all that housekeeping, let you know how you can be involved in the program, how you can take the program wherever you want, be in charge of the podcast. That's very easy to do. You want to get a hold of us on email. That is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us and friend us on Twitter. We are at floridafun6 on Twitter. And on Instagram and Pinterest, it's the same thing. It's at Florida Fun Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow our tweets and uh, reels and uh, uh, all the great things that we do on there. So come along with me and let's have some Florida fun. Right now, we're going to talk a little bit about the things that we don't like in the state of Florida. My beautiful wife, Bonnie, is here with me. Say, hey, baby. Hey. There you go. So we're going to talk a little bit about things that we don't like, things that we would never, ever do again. And this is in no particular order. But the first thing that popped in my mind is things that we would never, ever do again is those... Uh, if you've been to Orlando on International Drive, it's kind of a kind of the tourist corridor is what they call it. And those horrible the, the, the dinner shows, the tourist traps, the little knockoff shops, I would... Uh, you know, we've been there, we've shopped there. I would never, ever go to shop there again. It's all cheap knockoff stuff. What do you think? I think I agree. Um, there used to be some okay dinner shows, but... Honestly, most of them are really not worth the time. And if you live anywhere that you have a touristy area in your city, you've seen all the shops. They're all exactly the same in every tourist city. St. Augustine, Gatlinburg, they're, all the shops are pretty much the same, selling exactly the same stuff, really not worth your time or your money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the thing is that, you know, you go to a brand new city and you go, like, well, what, what fun things can we do? What fun, cool experiences can we have? And, and everyone's drawn there. If you've been to Orlando before, you've seen all the tourist shops up and down International Drive on Sand Lake Road. I'm not talking about the outlet malls. That's something totally different. Those are, you know, high-end Burberry and Nike and, you know, uh, Skechers and, you know, whatever. The, the real shops. But I'm talking about the knockoff shops that sell the, quote, Disney, quote, T-shirts um, knock off SeaWorld stuff. I, I'm never ever going to shop there again. Um, number two, and this is going to be a little surprising, and this is in no particular order, uh, was, and, and we, my wife and I talked about this this morning, was Del- Devil's Millhopper State Park. Now, I told you guys, it was very beautiful, and I'm not going to take that back. It was very beautiful. You're outdoors, you're in nature, and, and it is definitely an attraction, a place of interest to go see when you're in Gainesville, Florida, but it's basically just a big hole in the ground with water in it. And we kind of got bored with it very quickly. Now, it might be because there was one of the nature trails uh, was out and had gotten damaged from local rains and, um, you know, some some flooding. But there really wasn't a lot to see and do there. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Especially if you have kids, they kind of give you the look of, that's it? Uh, after they've climbed down 7,000 stairs to get down to the bottom, and then they realize that... They have to climb back up 7,000 stairs. Now, if you want a free Stairmaster, this is where you want to go because there's literally 7,000 stairs going down. And some of the little waterfalls and stuff were pretty, but it wasn't 
as much as I thought it was going to be. I will say that they have a couple of good geocaches for those out there that are into that. Um, for all you muggles out there listening, you can just skip this part. But anybody who's into geocaching, they do have a couple of nice geocaches that you can go and find. And that was probably the best part for me. Yeah, definitely. So that's something that we talked about in the previous episodes. The geocaching is very cool. It's something that's family-friendly. You can do whatever you want. You can do different uh, difficulty levels. There's some that require climbing things. There's some that require uh, wading in the water. There's some that require scuba. There's some that require going out at night during the day. Uh, You can do them pretty much anywhere. And we've seen geocaches located like all over the place around here. Definitely. There's a lot more than you realize. There's a lot hidden in your own city. If you download the app, you'll all of a sudden realize there's a whole hidden world that you are completely unaware of. And people have been doing them for a very, very long time. Like you were telling me about the history of geocaching and when it started. Yeah, geocaching has actually been around since the year 2000. Um, So it's been something that's been over 20 years. People have been hiding stuff for other people to find. And how cool that, you know, you said that was when the military had released GPS technology. Yep, that's what makes geocaching possible. Without GPS, geocaching would be completely impossible. Because you'd have to follow a map and... Well, let's be honest. I can't follow a map. 300 so. paces this way and 200 paces that way and... Yeah. I mean, it's like treasure hunting, but, you know, with technology. So you can actually find the treasure. And some are more difficult than others. Definitely. Some are easier than others. We found some that are very easy. We found some that we had to just walk around and around and look and around and circling and finally you find them. But it's, I think it's the challenge of going somewhere maybe that you've never been or somewhere that you've been a thousand times and going, man, I never thought to look here. I never thought to, to, to look in this little place to find this little thing. And it's always, the cool thing is there's always a log and you can find uh, that in there and, and you'll put your signature down and write down what time you were there and a little, you know, words of encouragement. Um, and it goes directly with the app too, which is very, very cool. Yeah, and you definitely end up exploring your own city and going places you didn't even realize existed um, in your own city. Uh, by doing that and some are definitely not good for kids you can set the app where you pick the ones that are good for kids Um, some of them are super hard but it also helps you to build persistence I think in the kids because the they show up and it's not right there it's not super easy they want to give up but then they keep looking and they keep looking and they find it and it's a big mental payoff because they really stuck with it and really kept working at it and then they do find it so I think it's it's good for kids in that way, but it's good for grown-ups, too. It's very entertaining. I enjoy it as much as the kids do. And it gives you that don't quit yep, you know, mindset that it may be difficult, but if you just keep working at it, keep looking, you know, look in the tree, look next to the fence, look down by the bridge, look behind the sign, you know, eventually you will find it. There is, now, we've had some that we couldn't find. Yeah. That there just weren't there. Fails, no question. Well, or, or we just weren't looking in the right place, or maybe it had gotten moved. I mean, you realize this is something somebody put out in public. Somebody could have moved it. You have no idea. Um, rainstorm could have come and washed it away. Who knows? So it's definitely something we have not found every single one we've gone for, but we have found the vast majority because I have the difficulty set relatively low since we're pretty new and we're doing it with kids. But uh, it's definitely something that it, once you start doing it, kind of becomes like a fun little side thing everywhere you go. You're start looking for geocaches. Oh, yeah. Really, you get hooked on it pretty quick. When we were in Gainesville, we looked all over and there was, what, about 50 or 60 I around us. I think we found, what, two or three yeah. at Devil's Mill Hopper, by, at least two in Devil's Mill Hopper. And one of them was really good. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything more because I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's going to go geocaching there. Yeah. But the, one of them was really good. I didn't think we were going to find it, but we finally did. And it was a good one. And the clues that other people leave for you are very cool. So it's kind of like the big secret. Like, don't spoil it for the next person. You know, don't tell them. It's in the tree behind the thing next to the... Don't do that. 
You know, if you're if you're gonna geocache, you're gonna like, you know, uh, look next to the fence at the bottom. You know, you're like, just give little very random clues, or you know, just say found it, or this one was difficult, or this one was easier than I thought it would be, and move on and let someone else enjoy the fun too. Um, the next thing on my list is places that we would never go again, uh, things we would never do again. I'm gonna say uh, for those of you who live in Daytona Beach, man, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. This one's all about your city. The city of Daytona Beach is totally overrated and not from just an individuals or a families but honestly if, if you go there for racing and you're a nat you're a nascar person daytona 500 you got that you got the races if you're a biker and you go there for bike week uh if you want to go to the beach that's you know but other than that there's not really much there and then for being a city in the state of florida you would think there'd be more attractions more or something but it's just not. It's just it's completely overrated. Yeah, I definitely agree. If you have kids, there's not a whole lot unless they happen to be into NASCAR, which I don't know a ton of kids that are super into NASCAR. I'm sure they're out there. Sure. Um, good for them, but uh, our kids are not. Um, so, yeah, definitely hate to say it. And it's not my favorite beach um, of all the beaches that you could go to. I definitely feel like there are nicer beaches that are a little bit more family friendly. Hey, spring breakers, go have a great time. It's kind of perfect for them. It's very adult focused, but for, for looking for family Florida fun, not the best place. Yeah, absolutely. And like we talked about, if you have small kids, if you want to go places that are fun, I mean, the, you know, there's there's better places to go with your kids. There's you know, uh, like we went to Venice Beach in the, the West Coast, and uh, there's you know sea turtle nests, and the water's not very deep, and it's clear, and it's it's like a nice emerald green, and it's not very deep. You can go out quite a ways, and it's probably about chest deep. You go out really far. Um, we took a boat tour when we went to the uh, Clearwater Marine Aquarium, and we went to Clearwater Bay, and they said, you know, it, how deep is the water out here? And they told us it's only about chest deep. And in fact, one of them had jumped over the side of the boat to prove it and was standing up in the middle of Clearwater Bay. Well, I blew my mind. I would never have predicted that. And I think the Atlantic coast goes, it drops off very, very quickly and gets very deep very, very quickly. Yeah, I agree. And the water's a lot rougher. So if you have kids and you're worried about them being safe, that's a little bit more of a concern too, um, just because the water is a lot rougher in the Atlantic. I'm definitely a person that I prefer the Gulf. Although I do enjoy going out on the beach up here in Jacksonville to watch the sunrise because you definitely can't do that from the west coast of Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the nice thing is we, we've taken family vacations down to Venice and Bradenton and Sarasota, Osprey and Nokomis, that whole area down there. And the sunset going down on the west coast of Florida is just unbelievable it's the purples and the golds and the yellow and the orange when the sun goes down and just it just hangs there forever and you know finally gets dark and it's just a way to kind of connect with nature and kind of see it so you don't really get that on the east coast you don't get that on our side the sun comes up on our side and goes down on the west coast so that's a little bit different as well um another thing i want to add another city that we've been to i've been to a couple times is and you're going to hate me for this guys I'm, i'm sorry this is just our opinion City of Miami. Um, City of Miami has a lot of stuff going on, right? It's got the football teams. It's got all you know the tourism. It's got all this. This is definitely not. It's a very overrated city. It's very much into bars and nightclubs and shopping and casinos and and as far as my opinion for the Florida Fun Podcast, it's not a family friendly city. There there's not much there. Um, there's way too many people. It's severely overcrowded. There's way too much traffic. Um, I went down there and worked a Super Bowl when the Super Bowl was in Miami and uh, took a cab from our hotel, which was on Miami Beach, uh, to a <clears throat> to a destination in the city, which wasn't very far away, and took about 45 minutes to go about three miles. So, you know, I can run faster than that. And it was extremely overcrowded. No, it was Super Bowl weekend. I got that. 
Um, but I asked the driver, is it always like this? And he said, yeah, man, every day it's always like this. So um, I would say Miami's definitely on the list. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I've, I haven't been there in a really long time, but that's pretty much by design. I mean, the last time I went there, I think I was getting on a plane for an international flight. Um, that was the only reason I was in the city. And it's definitely, it, it, in that way, I feel like it's a lot like LA. There's a ton of traffic. Um, it's really hard to get around, especially as a tourist, because um, if you don't know where you're going, you're in trouble. So, and I, I, yeah, I don't really see that there's a ton at at the, in the city to do with kids, anything that's, I mean, definitely if you're, once again, that spring break kind of crowd is a perfect place for you, but families with kids, not, not as much. And it has Zoo Miami and the Miami Sea Aquarium. And we love aquariums and we go, you know, we've been to the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, Florida Aquarium, we know, you know, uh, different places, Sea Life Aquarium in Orlando, but it's, it's, it's very removed from from the rest of the city and it feels like it's so far south that unless you live down there it takes forever to get to miami and the keys and it just seems like it's a you know either you live down there or it's just forever to get down there so i'm going to put that on places that we would never go again um and i say never in quotes right who knows who knows what the future holds um the last one i want to talk about was the caddyshack ranch and and you know god bless them we love what they do we love their you know supporting big cats big animals big rescues um but it just seems, it just seems like maybe it could be better, you know. And this is going to be one that I kind of, I have an emotional feeling about this. I, I don't feel that it definitely falls into we're never going to go do it again. But this one falls into maybe they could have done it a little bit better, put more time, more effort. You know, maybe it's funding, maybe it's all run by volunteers, maybe that's just not in the plans. I don't know. But I definitely think Caddyshack Ranch could have been updated in some way. Yeah, and I felt like the kids even ran through there pretty quickly and we're done with it versus the zoo we could spend hours and i get that budgetary wise the jacksonville zoo and caddyshack are on two completely different levels yeah. and i understand that completely and i applaud what they do i know they're a big cat rescue um but it felt like the enclosures were small and you know it just it felt like you know i know you're rescuing animals that probably have already been in captivity so it's not like these animals were in the wild and running around on you know thousands of acres or something but it just felt a little sad. And I think you compare that to, you know, the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, which was small but seemed very professional, mm-hmm. right? And the Florida Aquarium, which has lots of funding and it's always being updated. And, you know, different places like um, um, different zoos that we've been to that were very professional. And, and it just didn't have that same almost like secondary thought feeling like we're gonna we're gonna do this but we don't really know what to do so we're just gonna throw some cages and throw the animals in there and that's kind of it yeah i agree i i kind of it kind of got that feeling you know it was almost like you know somebody's just property where they had set up some chain link fence for to rescue these animals and god bless them for rescuing the animals but just not i it's not somewhere that i really had a fantastic time and would want to go back there's other places where we can go to see animals and support the support rescue and support um environmental causes you know that are a little bit more just feel like offer a little bit more for what you're you're going for and it's way out there yeah from our house it's way way out there guys so if you you're in the south side mandarin uh bay meadows area um it's a long drive from your house so it's uh definitely on the other side of town um, so let's talk about some stuff that we would do. Uh, there's there's a couple benefits. Um, I would say some of the dinner shows in Orlando are good. Not necessarily the ones, uh, the cheesier ones. But we did go to see Medieval Times, and we like that. Yeah. I mean, if your kids are really into horses, that's going to be a big one. That will be a one that they really enjoy. Um, I definitely feel like the price point has gone up quite a bit. Yeah. And for a family of four, it is a significant investment. I'll say that much. 
And um, But if your kids are super into horses and they just really want to eat all their food with their hands and get disgusting and messy, they're going to have a great time. Um, but uh, <laughs> Like our kids. Yes. If they, don't, if they just, could never use silverware again, they'd be perfectly happy. Yes, most definitely. And napkins are super optional. But um, I also think that I just think for the price too, and I, I get that Orlando overall, a lot of this stuff has gone up, and so I get a little bit of sticker shock when we look at things because we've considered going to things and gone, whoa, that's a lot more than I remember it being. But uh, at the same time, if your kids are super into that, or maybe you want to go with a school group or something like that, course, yeah. that that's a good option. Um, I feel like it's more professionally done than a lot of the other dinner shows that we've seen. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, I know that they take really good care of their animals too, which is definitely something that's a consideration as and well. Some of them are very, almost look thrown together. Like uh, yeah. we're going to serve you some food and <laughs> yeah. we're going to be silly while we serve you the food. And you know what? We, we used to go to Pleasure Island. We went to a place called the Comedy Warehouse. And the Comedy Warehouse was all about in, you know improv comedy. And you could tell they were making it up as they went along. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes, most of the time it didn't. But it was funny watching them. And But you knew what you were expecting when you walked in the right. door. That was, right, that was different. what they did. It wasn't, they weren't playing it off like, hey, this is a professional show that we have a script and we're going to put it together like that. No, it was, it was an improv. So that was fine. But yes, I definitely agree. Some of them are not run as professionally. Yeah, not not fantastic. I am super excited about Hoopty Doo coming back to Disney, though, because I love the Hoopty Doo, and even though it is cheesy, uh, with a capital Z, I cannot wait to go see Hoopty Doo again. But you go to Disney, and you're... I, for me, there's a mindset. Yeah. You know, everything there is about imagination and fantasy, and, and you're a character, you're, you're watching a character in a role, and you go to the Hoopty Doo, and you realize you're not in the Old West, guys. You realize you're at the backside of Fort Wilderness. You know, the Trails End restaurant is not a, a, a roadside uh, stand on the, you know, the, the the path to Arizona from Florida. You know, I mean, you, you got that. You, you got, you're in the woods somewhere. But the Hoopty Doo and Mickey's Backyard Barbecue are fantastic. They're, they're, they're so over the top. They're so yeehaw, cowboy. Uh, the dances, the piano player, it, it, it's a fantastic. So if you haven't had a chance to go see the Hoopty Doo review, it is coming back to the Walt Disney World uh, in Orlando. Definitely get your tickets. Go see it. Whether you just go out for the day, whether you're staying there, whether you do it as part of your vacation, definitely, definitely go check it out. We think it's 100% worth it. Yeah. Um, so just like we do every single episode, it is trivia time. And today's trivia time is sponsored by 904outfitters.com. Thank you to 904outfitters.com. Love where you live, 904outfitters.com. Um, my wife has seen my shirt so far, and she's seen my sweatshirt that I posted so far. And what do you what do you think about that? They're really nice. Like, the sweatshirt is super soft and, like, very cozy. Yeah. I feel like it's good quality. I definitely would recommend if you're interested in some 904 to kind of show your pride for the Jacksonville area, definitely give them a, give them a shot. Go take a look at what they have to offer because it definitely is very good quality. It's not just cheap screen printed stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that I noticed. Um, and Annette, thank you so much. Um, 904outfitters.com is, is really great quality stuff. It's very soft. The sweatshirt's very soft. It's very comfortable. It's very easy to wear. Um, the shirt, even after several washings, is still bright colors. It has not faded yet. Um, and uh, so if you want to get your 904 Outfitters gear, you want to be like us in the 904, live the 904 lifestyle, remember to use our, our promo code. It is FloridaFun15, FloridaFun15, and that will save you 15% off of your online uh, purchase. So uh, the trivia question for today, sponsored by 904outfitters.com, is this, which Florida city was founded by a woman? So I want you to think about that for a second. Is it A, Miami? Is it B, Jacksonville? 
Is it C, Orlando, or is it D, Tampa? Which Florida city was founded by a woman? If you had to take a guess, and I think you and I already talked about this, if you had to take a guess, what do you what do you think? Well, I know the answer. What was your first opinion? My my first guess was not correct. I did not know this question. Okay. Uh, and I've lived in Florida all my life, so you would think that I would know stuff like this, but I did not know the answer. Okay. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal. So it's a little more difficult than you thought it was. Gonna it be. was yeah. This one I did not know. This was a, a hard one. And so, guys, we do a little prep before each of the shows, and there was a couple questions that we looked at. What do you think? This one, this one, or this one? And uh, that was the one that we both kind of got hung up on. We got stumped on. So I want you guys to think about that, and we'll be back with a little bit more of the things we like and don't like here in the state of Florida right after this. So we don't want this to be an entirely negative episode. We don't want it to be about how horrible things are in Florida, about how horrible things are that we've done. We're going to talk about some things that we would definitely do again, places that you should go, things you should try. Um, no question you should actually do these things. Um, the first and biggest on our list, we have had, like I said, several family vacations down in the Venice, Nokomis, Osprey, Sarasota, Bradenton area. Um, and there's so much to see and do down there. So we're going to say our first one is the Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, Bradenton area. Um, and there's, guys, so much to see and do down there. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely feel like this is one of the more underrated areas of Florida. Like, people don't go to this area to vacation, but you definitely could because you're on the Gulf, which is, in my opinion, the nicer part of the ocean because it's calmer, it's clearer, it's shallower, it's warmer. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. it's all of them. Check, check, check. Um, yep. And you have a couple of really nice aquariums. You've got Florida Aquarium. You've got Clearwater. Um, you have Bush Gardens, you have Mosey. There's just a lot of really great stuff to do down there. And I feel like it's not, I know people just don't know it's there. I don't know. But I feel like not as many people, it's a destination. Maybe it's a side trip once you're in Orlando. But it's definitely somewhere I feel like you could spend at least three, four nights and do a bunch of stuff and and uh, really enjoy the beach and enjoy the area. It's definitely, in my opinion, very underrated. And it's funny that there's so much to see and do down there. There's uh, spring training for baseball. There's Mosey. There's Bush Gardens. There's the beaches. There's the Florida Aquarium. There's the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. There's the Gulf Coast beaches. There's Adventure Island. Um, there's Ebor City. Um, there's um, uh, Gasparilla Festival, which is where the pirates come and take over uh, for the weekend. Um, there's sea turtle beaches, the nesting areas. There's just so much to see and do. Um, we were talking earlier about the difference between one beach at one aquarium and the other, and I map quested it or, or Google mapped it or whatever you want to call it uh, from one place to another. It's exactly 26 miles from the Florida Aquarium to the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, and that's a very easy drive from one to the other. Yeah. Is MapQuest still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. Leave me alone. I know. Um, so definitely you got to try the St. Petersburg, Tampa, Clearwater Beaches, uh, Bradenton area. It, definitely a must do. There's no question. Uh, if you come to Florida and there's one place you can go, I, I would probably say down there instead of Orlando. What do you think? Well, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to do the beach and you feel like your kids want to get out in the water and you want to do some water sports and you want to be in the sun and maybe True. you want to see some animals... Tampa is a great place. Tampa, that whole area, you know, pick a hotel and, and, and enjoy a couple of relaxing days on the beach and maybe take the kids to Bush Gardens or the zoo or an aquarium and that kind of stuff. You can definitely 
do a full week down there, I think. You know? And you've got the Lowry Park Zoo, which is yeah. down there. You've got the Sarasota, what's the Ringling Museum and, of Art down there. And I definitely feel like you're not yeah. going to be fighting the crowds as much as you are in Orlando because it's not as popular. It's not as well known. And people from coming from out of state or out of country are typically just going to do like a day trip there. They're going to take the bus over to Bush Gardens yeah. or something. And that's it. And so you're going to have a more enjoyable vacation because it's not going to be so crazy crowded like the Orlando area sometimes does tend to get, especially in the summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I, when we worked at uh, uh, SeaWorld together, uh, part of my job was being a concierge uh, in the front gate, and that was one thing that we would tell people when their transfer would take them from SeaWorld to Bush Gardens. Uh, they would be there, hang out at Bush Gardens, Adventure Island, and the, bush, the, the bus would come and pick them up and bring them back to SeaWorld and drop them off. So, you know, there are people that have their vacations in Orlando that go to Bush Gardens uh, into the Tampa area, but there's so much to see and do down there on its own. I mean, I almost would say they're neck and neck, side by side. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go to Disney, then obviously you're going to Orlando, but if you're okay not going to Disney, there's pretty much everything that Orlando offers other than Disney and Universal they have in Tampa and you can enjoy the beach too yeah absolutely and there's there, just in case you're paying attention there's no beaches in Central Florida uh, <laughs> because you're in the middle of the state so um, the next thing I would say is definitely 100% no question have to do is Discovery Cove um, we both worked at SeaWorld when this was just a concept it slowly opened um, and we've been back there probably oh, I'd say four or five times oh, yeah. we've been back there twice definitely. with the kids and it is just an amazing place to go. It is a plus, plus, plus. You have got to go to make your reservations today. Figure it out. Put it on your schedule. Um, it's just an amazing place. I totally agree. And if they sold annual passes, I would buy one. And I don't even care how much it would be. Yeah. Because I want to go every day. It would be worth it. It doesn't matter how much the annual pass is. It would totally be would worth it. I show up every day at 7 o'clock at the gate. Yeah. Waiting for them to open up. It's relaxing. Yes. There's music. So relaxing. You, there's no stress. There's no lines. There's no rides. You can get in the water with... Uh, swim around. There's the Grand Reef. You can go be in the water with the, those big, beautiful fish and the rays. You can see sharks, uh, parrots. Uh, there was a lemur when we were there last time. There's a free flight aviary, which our daughter loved. She must have spent half the day there. Definitely. The only way it could be any better is if they had a spa. That's it. Yeah. Get a massage and, and a hot tub right there in Discovery Cove. Like, I would live there at that point. You would yeah. not be able to get me out. And your snacks and drinks are included. Yep. Your wetsuit, your sunscreen. Everything but alcohol, your, right? No, wait, does alcohol include it? No, you, there is an alcohol package mm. you can buy that includes your alcohol. And I think it was, I don't know, like $100 more or something. And realistically, it wasn't really parents, dramatic. there are a lot of lifeguards. So if you want to have one drink, you're okay. Oh, there's they've lots. Got, they've got an eye on your kids. And that's the other part. There's lots of staff there. There's lots of people helping you find your locker. There's lots of people that are helping you, you know, get in the right line for lunch. There's lots of people that are, you know, the merchandise people, lifeguards, park. Everybody's there to help you out. So all you have to do is go there and relax and enjoy your day. Um, is it? It's a little more expensive than a day at SeaWorld, but I think it's 100% worth it. So you definitely have got to try uh, Discovery Cove. No question at all. Um, another thing that we've done is we have gone and caught, like we talked about earlier, caught the sunset at Venice Beach uh, on the West Coast. And, and we talked about that earlier, how beautiful that is. And that's something, if you come to Florida, so many people sleep in or they stay up late or they, they get up early and they go to bed early, whatever the situation is, you got to catch the sunset. It's just beautiful, especially on the West Coast. We also ate at a new restaurant. We talked about this on the last episode called Adam's Rib Company. Um, we would all voluntarily go back there again. That was a great place. Um, amazing customer service. The food rocketed out of the kitchen. Um, it's a little converted Pizza Hut. And once you see a Pizza Hut building, you know it. There's no question. It's that same shape. The roof is the same shape. You can just paint that roof red and you know exactly what it is. Um, and they used every inch of that space. They had tables. 
They had uh, kind of a pass-through bar area with the kitchen in the back. Um, and they were so friendly, and the food was so good. What would you think? I totally agree. The kids, like, devoured their food, and that's typically the sign that a restaurant is good because, you know, kids are picky, usually. Um, but um, it was definitely something that we just randomly were like, hey, let's go here, and it was what a great find. And, and as far as one more thing that I think you should definitely do when you come to the state of Florida, you have got to go and play in one of our springs. Um, the freshwater springs... The uh, the freshwater lazy rivers, um, they are just amazing. So you definitely got to check that out. We ended up taking a trip uh, when we went to Gainesville one of these previous times to uh, High Spring State Park, and it was beautiful. It's um, you know you you go in there, and I think it was like five or ten bucks to park, and the water was ice cold, guys. These are these are natural springs. They are not man made. They are not fed by hand. They are natural springs. Um, but there was, it was the water was crystal. It was almost like it was glass. It was so beautiful, and you were just in the water. And like that's what Florida is all about: is, is is getting away from the theme parks and you know the 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 hustle and bustle of the city and getting out in the country and seeing what the real Florida is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like both have their place. Definitely, Florida is known for theme parks, but there's also a lot of really natural places that you can go to that show you what wild Florida is like. Yeah, and I think that's part of what the podcast is really about: is showing you those kind of off the road, hard to find, hidden things that, you know, you wouldn't think about. You wouldn't think about going to, um, you know, places like a, a, a High Spring State Park or uh, to catch a sunset at Venice Beach. Those aren't things that are advertised. Those are things, you know, you see the advertisements come to Florida, go to Daytona, go to um, Disney, go to SeaWorld, go to, you know, places like that. But you don't see things that are like that are advertised. Um, there are a couple things that made our plus minus list. These are do or do not, depending on certain situations. The first one we're going to talk about, and I gave really high marks. Um, and now that I think about it, I, I'm going to put it in here as the Cade Museum. Um, Cade Museum, my, my wife and kids have been there more than I have. I've only been there once. Um, but it depends on the day. It depends on what's going on. It depends on the exhibit. And I think we would also drop in there like Mosey and Mosh, uh, Museum of Science and History here in Jacksonville. Um, I think all museums kind of fall into that same category. I agree. I think when you have ones that have those uh, touring or the traveling exhibits, it really depends on what the traveling exhibit is and if it meets your interest, if it meets your kids' interest, if it's something that they're going to spend more than five minutes looking at. Um, we went to the Cade Museum the first time and they had a video game exhibit, which I couldn't drag my kids out of there. And then the last time was textiles, yeah. which was interesting. And there were certain things, that, pieces of that they were super interested in, but a lot of it did not really catch their interest and they kind of went through pretty quickly. So um, I think it just depends. Just make sure you do your research before you go to any kind of science museum or anything like that. See what the touring exhibit is. Um, Florida Museum of Natural Histories can be the same way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the butterflies are always awesome. There's no question. The kids always like to go see the butterflies. But sometimes the touring exhibit is just not something that's really catching their eyes. So always make sure you check that before you go so you know that whether or not it's going to be worth your time. And the Florida Museum of Natural History is right there in Gainesville, off Hull Road, right there next to the campus. And, and we've been there several times, and it's just amazing. But there's not a lot that changes. And, and I think Cade Museum is probably the same way. you gotta, you got to you know, read up first. Uh, when we went there, it was during the week, and the upper floor was closed. So we didn't get to experience the upper floor. But they, you know, my wife and kids have been there before on the weekend, and were able to see that, and that does make a difference. I agree. I definitely agree. The next one we would put... And I love you. Uh, I just got to throw this on here. The next one we put on there is a, a maybe a plus a minus is is vacationing in Orlando. Um, the reason I put that on is a lot of it depends on the weather. <clears throat> if there's rainy days or cold days, 
um, you're kind of stuck inside, guys. There's, I mean, if you can't play mini golf. You can't go run around a theme park. You, I mean, if it's a little bit of rain, yeah, great. You know, natural Floridians aren't going to complain about a little bit of rain. But if it's a torrential downpour, there's really nothing. There's no more Disney Quest. You could go to Splitsville and Disney Springs, but that's expensive. There's only so much you can do there. There's only so much shopping you can do. And, and you know, we went there one time for my birthday. Uh, my birthday's in February, and it was bitterly cold. Like, we had to stop and buy more clothing because it was so cold. And there was really nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, Disney is based on everything is pretty much outside, or at least when you're walking between stuff, it's outside. So if the weather's miserable, it's not overly fun. And, you know, it's something where because the weather is nice you know, 11 plus months a year, yeah. there's they don't have a lot inside because, you know, I mean, you could do Cruella Experience, that's inside. True. But honestly, I would really have to sit and think of like several things. If you had a whole rainy week, you'd be in trouble. You would have really bored kids. You'd be stuck quickly and and watch a lot of TV and, you know, rely on the recreation staff at your hotel and, uh, you know, make up games. And it'd be be a really rough week. So so you definitely want to think ahead. Um, I would say definitely Orlando is a a outdoor summer, spring kind of a thing. Careful going in the summer because it rains a lot over the summer. Well, and it's miserably hot and people and get gets heat hot. stroke too. Yeah, you got to stay hydrated. Um, the last one I would throw on our plus minus, maybe do, maybe don't do, um, is the city of Gainesville. And, and I'm, I'm very emotional, very wishy-washy about this one. Um, the, there's a lot to do, right? The, 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 there's all kinds of there's the bat house, which is amazing. Um, there's great restaurants. There's great stuff to do. But it needs more you know, I realize the university's there, but there's been live music and bands and bars and all that kind of stuff. But it needs more family-friendly stuff. There's just not a lot of that there. I definitely, like, I did the research for our trip there, and I spent a good amount of time really looking for and really mining for those family-friendly activities. And you really have to go looking for them. It's not super obvious, and you have to really do your research. It's like in Orlando, obviously... There's a bazillion things to do, and they're all kid-friendly, mostly, like 90%. Yeah. But in cities like Gainesville or um, other places like that, you really have to do your research. You really have to look. The stuff is out there, but you've got to find it because it's not as obvious as other places. And it doesn't just fall into your lap either. I mean, you've got to really pay attention. You've got to really look. Now, we did find a place called Depot Park. Um, which was right next to the Cade Museum, and we loved Depot Park. It was amazing. It's huge. There's bike paths. Uh, you can rollerblade. You can run. You can exercise. People are out there having a, a picnic. There was a girl studying for her classes. Um, there was There's a nature walk, which is off behind it. There's a huge playground our kids went and played for a while. Um, so that's definitely a plus, and that's definitely somewhere that if you go there with your kids, you should definitely go to Depot Park. I agree. So, guys, at the end of every episode, we want to give you the answer to the trivia question. Uh, we'll give you a little time to brew on it, to percolate on the answer. So we're going to read it one more time. We'll see what you think. So the question for today is, which Florida city was founded by a woman? Was it A, the city of Miami, B, the city of Jacksonville, C, the city of Orlando, or D, the city of Tampa? What do you think? A, B, C, or D? Babe, what's the answer? It's not what I thought it was. I thought it was Tampa. That was wrong. It is Miami. The city of Miami. So the story behind it is a lady named Julia Tuttle, a local citrus grower, was the original owner of the land upon which the city of Miami was built. Uh, There was a great freeze of 1894 to 1895, and the only crops remaining in the state were the Biscayne Bay County crops. And uh, then uh, uh, railroad tycoon uh, Henry Flagler 
That is Florida East Coast Railway. Uh, she convinced him to come down to the area, and as such, she is known as the mother of Miami. So congratulations if you got it right. Guys, thank you so much for uh, paying attention and listening and uh, trying on the quiz question. We're going to have a trivia question every single time that we do the episodes. just kind of something fun to do with your brain, and uh, we certainly appreciate you guys being out there. We're going to call that an episode, and we appreciate you guys being involved. Remember, you can always get a hold of us anytime you want to. Uh, Twitter is at FloridaFun6. Instagram and face and uh, Pinterest are going to be at Florida Fun Podcast. Email at any time is FloridaFunPodcast at gmail.com. And remember, we always have new episodes coming up. We're going to be going uh, on the road in a little bit, probably, to go check out some new stuff. So you never know where we're going to be. Always new episodes coming up. Babe, thank you so much for being involved in the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you have fun? Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, have a great rest of your day. Get out there today and have some Florida fun. And we'll definitely see you out there. <laughs>